Hey there, friends, and welcome back to another episode of RSVP. I'm super glad that you could join us today because we are going to be talking about micro-weddings. I'm sure you've been hearing a lot about them lately, and I kind of wanted to dive into exactly what they are, some of the pros and cons, and uh, how you can get more out of your micro-wedding if you happen to decide to plan one. So settle in and let's get started. Hello friend, I'm Alicia and I would like to welcome you to RSVP, a guide to wholehearted weddings. Everybody knows that weddings are this big, big deal. I mean, we call it the big day. Sometimes we talk about them so much, it even becomes cliche. But your wedding is really one of the pivotal moments of your entire life. So I want to invite you to grab a cup of coffee and join me for a conversation that will hopefully cut right through all of the chaos and the stress and the to-do lists that you have going right now so that we can get down to the heart of why these decisions you're making are so important and how you can create an incredibly memorable wedding day experience for yourself and your guests. Okay, so let's dive right into it. Um, today, like I mentioned, I want to talk about microweddings because I'm guessing it's something that you've been hearing a lot about lately. Uh, with COVID and the way that's changed the world and the way we understand it, uh, we've really had to step back and reevaluate what weddings are for, why we want them, what's important to us about them, and how we can get creative to kind of have all of the things that we want, even if they're not all possible at the same time, if that makes sense. We're kind of playing this weird juggling act where we have to kind of sort out our priorities, pick the top couple, um, and, and group them together and rearrange them in ways that we haven't necessarily had to before. So I know a lot of people right now are struggling between this idea of having uh, this strong desire, rightfully so, to get married, especially if they've been engaged for a while and they were planning their wedding and COVID kind of pushed off their ability to plan the wedding that they had always had in mind. Um, so you, ha you have that on the one hand. And then on the other hand, you have this desire still to have that party that you planned on having, to have that big wedding and to celebrate with all of your friends and family because your friends and family are are really what makes your world go around. So being stuck in this kind of middle spot is a little bit of a challenging place to be. And I think a lot of alternatives have popped up. I think we, um, as a wedding industry, have been able to take a look at how we do things and question whether they have to be done that way. And I think we've been able to throw the rule book out the window, both as, as wedding vendors and as couples, and go, okay, what do we actually want to do? Let's actually create something that works for us with where we're at in the moment with the restrictions that we have in place. And this is the funny thing about restrictions is sometimes they actually end up producing the best results. Sometimes limitations actually promotes creativity. Um, for example, when my husband and I 
were on our honeymoon in Europe, we were uh, traveling around uh, the countryside. We, we got a car in Paris and we drove all the way to southern France and over into to Italy and to Venice and back again. And so we just went on this whole three-week road trip around Europe, essentially. And given that uh, and the fact that, you know, we didn't have a whole household household's worth of stuff to draw from – we weren't able to be like, okay, here's our cooler that we just pulled out of the closet. Let's fill it up, pack it, and we're going to go on a road trip with all this stuff. So what ended up happening would be that we would stop in at a grocery store, um, you know, before heading out of town or when we got into town at our next Airbnb, we'd go and hit up the local market and pick up a couple things for the day or two we would be in that location and then kind of piece things together. So if you've ever stayed in Airbnbs, you probably know that sometimes they have a good little selection of, you know, seasonings and oil and, and little, you know, kitchenwares and things like that that you can draw from. And you can pull together a, a pretty decent meal if you're the, the type of person that likes to go and cook on vacation, which I happen to be. I absolutely love to be in the kitchen. But anyways, that's beside the point. Um... So what would happen though is we would go to the grocery store and we'd only get what we could have for a couple of days, right? Because, well, you're only going to be there for a couple of days. There's not really a whole lot you can take with you because you don't want your cheese like melting in the car and stuff. Um, you know, it was, I think, October when we went. And so it was still pretty warm. Um, and it got warm enough in, in some of the days where the cheese really would have melted in the car as we were driving to our next city. So that wasn't really ideal. But my point is, is we would go and get, you know, five, six things and some of the meals that we came up with and that we cooked with just these this bare minimum set of ingredients, you know, a little bit of salt, maybe some pepper if we were lucky, maybe somebody would have a little bit of, you know, dried herbs or something floating around um, and using whatever we could find in the kitchen and the six things that we bought while we were in that town, we came up with some of the most delicious wonderful meals that we would never would have come up with if we had had an entire full pantry and knew exactly what we were getting ourselves into with each new location we stayed at. And so to bring this back around, this is my whole point is sometimes limitations actually create really, really amazing things. And I think this is kind of the position that we are in when it comes to our understanding of weddings and celebrating the beginning of a marriage. Um, in in this this day and age this time that we are in like it or not <laughs> so all of that being said uh one of these alternative creative options that we've been hearing a lot about and i'm sure you've heard of it a bit uh is the micro wedding and uh it basically is exactly what it sounds like it is a wedding that is micro. It's tiny. Some people call it tiny weddings, kind of like a tiny house, which is kind of adorable as well. Um, but micro weddings, I think, are a really, really cool opportunity that we have right now to still host a wedding, to still get married, to still exchange vows, and to begin your marriage with a few of the most select people, those couple people that are those, the most important to you, around you, um, while also still being safe um, and, and taking into consideration, uh, obviously, the laws uh, that 
are very important for us to follow and at the same time uh, the the comfortability of the people that are important to us. So let's dig in a little bit more to what a micro wedding actually is. So point one, not an elopement. It is not the same as an elopement. It's very similar in some ways, I think, because depending upon the elopement, I know some people will, you know, invite guests and it is that core sometimes of people that is the most, that are the most important to you. Um, but sometimes elopements are also just literally you and your fiance uh, running away together and, and, and starting that marriage uh, with a really unique experience. Whereas with micro weddings, you're still drawing from a little bit more of that traditional formal wedding format with a few more guests. So me personally, I would, I would say it differs from an elopement in that um, it's not uh, well, you're probably not going to have more than, uh, you know, 25, 30 guests at a micro wedding. Um, whereas with an elopement, likely you're going to be limiting it to far less than that. It's probably going to be, you know, five people, five, 10 people, I guess. To me, that's what I think of when I think of an elopement. So micro wedding, elopement two different things. And now I am rambling. <laughs> so we're going to move on to the next point here. Point number two on what an elopement is, is uh, it is a little bit different than a courthouse wedding as well. With a courthouse wedding, you have a lot of the same elements as a micro wedding. And in a lot of ways, they are similar because of the size. Usually there's a very limited number of guests. It's a shorter a smaller version of a traditional ceremony. However, a courthouse wedding is, um, you know, it's it's very strictly a legal ceremony. And yes, you can dress up, you can, you know, potentially read your own vows, you can have a nice little dinner party afterwards. But a micro wedding is different and, and to me unique because it takes that entire day-long experience and sometimes even weekend-long experience that you would have with a traditional full-size wedding uh, the ceremony the the party the rehearsal dinner all of that kind of stuff and it just takes that same format and transfers it right over to a smaller number of guests so you still get that whole immersive experience instead of just focusing entirely on the ceremony like a courthouse wedding and i think that provides a lot of opportunities because when you're you're taking pretty much the same format as your standard wedding and you're shrinking down the number of guests in a lot of ways you actually have more possibilities to infuse your personality your perspective your likes and your dislikes into the fabric of the day and how it progresses and also there is a factor for me of it's less stressful, even as a vendor, even as somebody providing photography for you as a couple, a micro wedding is a lot more relaxed and you get to focus on all of the little moments. There's nothing that you miss as, uh, you know, I don't miss anything as a photographer and there's nothing that you're going to miss as a couple because you're right there in the thick of it all day and it's it's completely about you and it moves completely at your pace and uh the the day and the way it unfolds and your interactions with your guest can all unfold 
completely naturally and it's it's completely responsive to where you're at and what your feelings are in each moment um, and it also makes the day easier to uh, adapt uh, as you go um, so there's that now let's move into some reasons uh, for and against uh, a micro wedding and you know kind of why you would want to do it and why you would maybe not want to do it um, if you are on the fence so let's see some of the best reasons to do a micro wedding are uh, let's go in order here with budget uh, guest comfortability safety and importance and um, uh, my personal favorite it is uh, a great option for introverts. Anyways, let's get started with the first one, budget. When you're doing a micro wedding, obviously it's smaller than a big wedding as we have already established here. So I think that in a lot of ways, this gives you a little bit more freedom and flexibility because you have that lower guest count, because your venue is probably a little bit smaller. Uh, that means you're going to need, you know, fewer, you know, meals from your caterer. It means you're going to need fewer centerpieces for tables. It means you're going to have fewer flowers and decorations that you're going to need for the entire venue. Um, all of your signage and thing kind of gets cut down. Um, the number of invites you need gets cut down. All of these things automatically just shrink because the whole wedding is smaller. But the benefit of that is then you have a little bit more room in your budget to spend on your honeymoon, to spend on making your experience, your wedding experience even more indulgent. And also um, you can put some of that money aside maybe for a rainy day to start saving up for a house. Um, who knows? Or another project. Um, just because you're saving money doesn't mean you have to, you know, obviously put that back into the wedding. So um, that's that's kind of really up to you where you're at and with your personality and your priorities. I personally think uh, it's, it's really cool to be able to, uh, as somebody that's a, a chronic dreamer, um, and a lot of my clients are chronic dreamers, and if you fall into that kind of a category having that extra room not spent on the scale of the wedding you get to channel that money instead into the quality of the wedding potentially and you know your wedding day comes once in a lifetime right and that's that's the goal that's the hope that's the dream and and all of all of your love story kind of culminates in this day it's the ending of your courtship and it's the beginning of your marriage and it's this pivotal transition point in your lives and it's super special and important and a wedding is one of the few places in our society where we actually give ourselves an outlet for all of the crazy dreams that we have um, on a day-to-day -day ba basis it's not necessarily practical to be extremely indulgent to make everything beautiful and pretty all the time in an over-the-top way. I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, there has to be some sense of practicality to my everyday life. Like, I have to clean my kitchen, you know, things like that. So, I think, uh, you know, since your wedding is one of the few places where you're going to get to 
indulge in some of those daydreams that you kind of float around in from time to time those little things that we all think about that we all have and sometimes it's hard to come up with those ideas of what we want out of a wedding um, or an event uh, when somebody asks us because it's like all of a sudden there's this pressure and it's like oh, I don't know what to say but I think if you can kind of indulge that side of you, develop that side of you, um, let yourself go a little and go, okay, this is the one place where I actually have the opportunity to live out that dream uh, that I've always had to feel on top of the world, to feel luxurious, to feel like the center of attention, to feel like a great hostess to feel like a princess depending upon your personality type or a queen that's fine go for it um to feel like you're all in your own fairy tale this is the chance for you to outwardly express and live out the fairy tale of your love story um and i think that's a really cool thing um on the other hand i also think saving up for an amazing trip or a project or a business or a house or a future family are all pretty stinking amazing things to do with that extra money that will kind of be freed up by the fact that uh, a micro wedding is so much smaller of a scale than a full-on wedding so next uh i did want to touch on uh guest comfortability and safety uh, we do live in a post-COVID world right now, and uh, that means that everybody has on the top of their mind, um, even if they're not particularly worried about it, everybody's thinking about uh, safety and health and how important that is more than ever right now, if not for themselves, for the people that they care about the most, uh, people that might be immunocompromised, people um, whose health isn't as great to begin with. And so with the micro wedding, obviously, you know, those, yeah, the, that kind of a scale of event is going to fall into the realm of possibility a lot more easily right now than a full scale wedding, um, as we all know. And at the same time, I think it gives your guests the ability to be comfortable, to relax, to take a breath, to be safe, to have distance, to not feel like you're a bunch of sardines crowded into a tin can with each other and still be able to be there and celebrate you and celebrate your love and your new marriage at this really important and exciting time in your life. The last thing that I wanted to touch on was, for me personally, as a fairly severe introvert, um, I personally think that a micro wedding is a fantastic option because it gives you a little bit, uh, it, it takes some of the pressure off, I guess. Um, if you're not somebody that likes being the center of attention, if you're not somebody that likes dealing with like crowds of people and having to go around and talk to everybody you know in in that kind of a group scale it's really nice to be able to shrink everything down and make sure that every single person that attends your wedding is somebody that you know intimately and personally and are comfortable with um, both as individuals and as a couple so that your day is as stress-free as relaxed as light-hearted as fun as possible because looking back what you really want to do is enjoy it. Enjoy the memories. I don't want you to ever look back at your wedding day and go, 
you know, I really wish I would have done blah, blah, blah differently. I wish I would have had it smaller. I wish I would have, you know, spent more time with my guests. Um, and that smaller scale lets you spend more time with your guests. So those are my favorite reasons uh, for, for doing a, a micro wedding. Um, yeah, so let's move over to some cons or some objections to going and, uh, and doing a micro wedding. First, um, some people might say, you know what, why not just elope? If you're already going to do it on so much smaller of a scale, just elope and go on a vacation at the same time and go to, you know, some exotic location or some location that's special to you and just make a thing of it and then have a big party later. And you know what, that's a totally fine opinion to have. That's a totally fine response. And that is a great, a great concept for a lot of people and eloping might be better, um, I personally think that the micro wedding has a lot of possibility because it is the best of both worlds. It's a little bit friendlier on the budget potentially, and you do get to share that moment with those people that you love so much. Um, and as somebody that got married in a ceremony and then had kind of a party afterwards, it was fun. It was great. Um, but at the same time, there's something so special about sharing that you know, that actual ceremony, that actual process, that formality with people. It's sort of a bonding experience. So the next objection that I could think of was, um, and that I've kind of heard several times over the last uh, few months is, but a micro wedding doesn't really feel like a real wedding. Uh, and I totally can relate to that. I completely relate to that. Um, I, I had one gal tell me, but you know, I've had friends and family do a micro wedding and they just you know did it in their backyard and I don't know I just it didn't really feel like a real wedding to me and now as I'm planning my wedding I'm kind of hesitant to do a micro wedding because I want it to feel like a real formal event I want it to feel fancy and I'm just not sure if I can do that on such a small scale and I totally hear that um, and it is a little bit of a struggle but I think um, when it comes down to it what a lot of this you know, has a lot of this comes down to the fact that it goes, it, it comes down to your approach. It really comes down to your approach. What are you prioritizing and how are you doing it? I think you can be strategic and I think you can put together the puzzle pieces in a different way. Um, and once you figure out what building blocks are important to you, if you know you want more of a formal, more of a traditional feeling event that feels like a momentous occasion, that feels like a little bit of a resplendent, refined, fancy occasion, then you can strategically plan to do that. And I think, um, especially if you choose the right location, the right setting, um, and you, you take this as a chance to incorporate your style into the traditional framework of a wedding, but also switching it up to fit who you are as a couple, I think that doesn't have to be an objection. I think you just have to be really careful about the way you go about it. Also, you know, there's still this idea that I want guests at my party. This is another another common objection is I want more than, you know, 10 to 30 people to attend my wedding. Um, and if I don't invite XYZ people, are they going to be offended because I only 
invited, you know, the 25, 30 people I could to have it qualify as a micro wedding. And that's, that's fell into, um, I think in a lot of ways, COVID kind of lets you off the hook a little bit because there's a really good reason that you have to limit your guest count if you decide to go this route. Um, things need to stay small for now and, and that's okay. So I think that gives you a little bit of a, an aid there in, in helping people not be offended, but it is difficult to pick and choose who is going to attend and who is not to and why and feeling like you have to explain yourself. And all I have to say is ultimately it comes down to what you want. What do you want for your wedding day? Who do you want to surround yourself with? Who is going to add something to your day as opposed to add pressure to your day? Um, and the other thing is that, you know, maybe eloping is a better option. Eloping and then doing a big party or another like uh, vow exchange later could be a really great option for you too. So moving on, um, I have a couple ideas. I'm going to dig into this in a later episode, I think, but I wanted to touch on a few ideas on how to make your micro wedding feel like a real wedding. Um, as uh, Rie from BuzzFeed uh, says, make it fancy. I don't know if you've seen that show. It's one of my favorite YouTube uh, video series. But anyways, totally random. Anyways, in the make it fancy category, I think that if you focus on picking a location that is not your home or and it's not somewhere that you've spent a lot of time, I think that's going to really, really help elevate the experience of your micro wedding. Uh, a lot of the times when we're super, super comfortable in a place, that's great. But if you're looking to make a micro wedding experience feel like something that is an occasion, it's memorable, it's different, it's something that's gonna stick around in your heads and in your feelings and in your guests' memories for a long time. Picking somewhere that's not your everyday hangout spot um, might be a good way to go. Um, unless it's super integral to your specific story, because um, then it can really help elevate the day if it's something that's like something about it was pivotal to your relationship story I think then if it's somewhere you're super comfortable and you've spent a lot of time that's amazing but otherwise pick somewhere slightly exotic and that doesn't have to mean even outside of the city you live in you know just pick something that's special that's unique that's memorable something you wouldn't normally do that's going to really help it feel remarkable to um to you and to your guests um, also, do hire great vendors. Um, the right vendors are going to help your micro wedding feel like an amazing, amazing event, even though it's tiny. So I'm not saying you have to go all out and you can't and do it yourself, um, but try not to do it yourself uh, too much. Like try not to DIY the whole wedding. Uh, in draw some people in, draw some amazing vendors in, draw in an amazing photographer, draw in an amazing florist, get yourself a fancy wedding cake, maybe even talk to a planner, maybe grab a couple event rentals of some sort, do something, get some expert creatives on your side and still have that little wedding team so that your day is going to feel completely over the top remarkable, over the top 
beautiful. And uh, it takes a little bit of the pressure for planning um, off of you. And uh, I know as wedding vendors, we love the opportunity to be creative. And when events are super small and intimate, like a micro wedding is, it gives us the chance to be creative and to really, really take the time to get to know you as a couple and to dig into your motivations and into your story, into your likes and dislikes, and really figure out what it is that you're looking for and bring that to life in a way that's even better than you could have imagined. We absolutely love that. So do look for a couple select vendors that really fit your style and then are really going to bring life to uh, this little mini wedding of yours. Uh, this also does go along with um, my next thought, which is setting the mood thoughtfully. Definitely take the time. Uh, and I think you can do this like with a planner or a coordinator. If you decide to hire one, you can kind of do this with your photographer to a certain extent. And you can do this before you hire any vendors as well. Um, and it might help you figure out who to hire if you're looking for, for specific professional vendors to help you uh, bring your vision to life. But setting the mood thoughtfully means taking a little time, getting introspective, digging in, and looking inside yourself, looking at your story, do a little reminiscing, go down memory lane a little bit, and figure out how you want to feel, how you and your fiance want to feel on your wedding day and focus on that, delve into it and figure out the kind of tone you want to set for the entire wedding experience. Do you want it to be formal? Do you want it to be laid back? How do you want to feel when you look back and remember the day? How do you want your guests to feel the second they walk in the door? How do you want them to feel three years from now looking back and remembering your, your wedding? Um, and how do you want to feel as you look back through your photo albums and tell your love story and uh, your wedding story to your future family? Um, think about these things and get really clear on that and that will set the tone for everything else. And if you can keep coming back to that almost meditatively throughout the planning process, um, and you can partner with some great vendors that will take all of the stress off of your plate, then you'll be able to show up to your wedding day and completely just immerse yourself in having that experience and in feeling how you want to feel without any pressure to it. Um, and you can make this event absolutely memorable and absolutely perfect to you. The smaller an event is, the easier it is to control rogue elements, I suppose. Um, it's less of a crisis if and when something goes a little bit wrong and a little uh, lopsided uh, during a micro wedding than it is during a large wedding. Um, and if you know exactly how you want to feel, it's super easy to keep yourself in that headspace um, and really cultivate this moment as a pivotal, remarkable moment that adds to your story. It's a continu it's a continuity enhancer. It, it adds to the continuity of your story. Um, and it's this perfect tra uh, transition and handoff between your courtship and your happily ever after. So that is uh, 
all of my tips for the day, all of my thoughts, and I am so happy that you were able to join me. Let me know. Send me an email. Um, do you think a micro wedding is for you? Is it not for you? Have you planned a micro wedding and, and have you had a micro wedding? What did you think? What would you have done differently? Um, and um, yeah, send me an email and, and let me know. I always look forward to hearing your thoughts. So um, I will see you around and have a lovely, lovely week. that you were able to listen today and if you have any thoughts you'd like to share with me please go ahead and send me a note at hello at alishatromsphotography.com new episodes are released bi-weekly on wednesday mornings so if you'd like to join me on the regular uh, don't forget to subscribe and it was a pleasure to have you here with me dream always live wholeheartedly and i'll see you next time on rsvp